The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. On today's episode of the UFC 253 Review Show here on the PTB Media Network, Israel Adesanya dominates and retains his title, while Jan Blakowicz will win his title for the first time, become the first Polish male UFC champion, and also Diego Sanchez. Yes, we're going to talk about Diego Sanchez. Took an absolute beating this weekend, and why is he still allowed to fight? All that, plus so much more, coming up today on the PTB Media Network's UFC 253 Review Show. What's up, PTB Nation? Welcome to the PTB Network's UFC 253 review show. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinu, here with you for another episode, another UFC review show. Okay, this is the second one we've done now. We did it a month ago, and um, we reviewed episode, I'm sorry, we reviewed UFC 252, and now for UFC 253, we're going to go over the six main fights, at least the six fights on my betting slip, and we'll also go through the other results as well. How's everyone doing? Big thank you to everyone who took the time to watch the preview show that went out early on Saturday, this past Saturday, the same day as the UFC event. Um, thank you to everyone watching on YouTube particularly, and if you're watching on YouTube right now, please do me a favor, go down there right under the video and hit subscribe and subscribe to the PTB Media Network, and right next to it, hit the little bell, and with that bell, you will receive notifications every time the PTB Media Network um, posts a new video, whether it's a UFC review, whether it's... it's um, soccer-related content, whether it's a DGENs United uh, betting-related content, okay, sports betting, whatever comes out from the PTB Media Network will be available as long as you subscribe there and you hit that bell. You'll know about it as soon as it drops. Now, let's go to Saturday, will we? We are in Fight Island in Abu Dhabi. The card gets started with the Early prelims, 7 p.m. Eastern time here in the United States. It was 4 p.m. Pacific time in Abu Dhabi. It was 3 a.m. local time in Abu Dhabi. That is when the card gets started. And at 3 a.m., we get the first matchup. Of course, there is a little bit of background coming in also as Zubara Tukov and Liedvont Klein both miss weight. Okay, they both missed weight for their respective 
featherweight fights. Therefore, there are two catchweight fights in this in this uh, card. All right, they should have been featherweight fights. They were catchweight fights. Israel Adesanya gave his opinion about that, about the catchweights. He gave his opinion about what needs to be done about wrestler, uh, excuse me, about fighters missing weight. Um, it is serious. And Dana White said in the post press conference that he agreed with the champ on that, but he says it's up to the commissions and not up to him. So with that backdrop, okay, we get started again. It is 3 a.m. Abu Dhabi time when this card gets started and it is a light heavyweight bout to get started. Uh, Danilo March versus, uh, Claudis Ibrahimov. And Danilo March wins by unanimous decision. Next, we had a heavyweight matchup on the early prelims. It was Juan Espino versus Jeff Hughes. And Juan Espino wins via Scarfold choke. And it's a victory for Juan Espino. And that takes us to the actual prelims on ESPN2. And those got started with a nice night for East Hartford, Connecticut's William Knight. He wins with a unanimous decision over Alexa Kamur at light heavyweight. A big victory. He looked really good, uh, William Knight did. Uh, this was the first fight that I caught. I did tune in in time to catch this one. And he, he looked really, really good. And not a lot of people were giving him too much, um, too much of a chance. He's, he's a little bit raw. Um, he come, you know, out of East Hartford, not necessarily known as one of the MMA hotspots, uh, one of the, but he comes out of a gym that's, that's not, not the greatest known, but has had some, some, uh, successful fighters come through that gym and he goes into that octagon in fight Island and he, he just absolutely dominates, uh, Alexa, uh, Kamor and he wins by unanimous decision. The next fight was. Uh, it was originally scheduled as a featherweight. Like we said, this was the catchweight. 150 pounds ends up being the catchweight as Ludovant Klein comes in five pounds overweight. But he nonetheless defeats Shane Young via KO at 116, remaining in round one and gets his, his victory. And again, it, this was criticized heavily by Israel Adesanya, the middleweight champion. And at the end of the telecast on pay-per-view, we saw him discussing this with, with Dana White in the, in the octagon. He had just won his fight, but he was still, as soon as he saw Dana, he had to bring this up because, of course, Shane Young, one of his teammates, and, uh, you know, he sees his teammate getting knocked out by a guy who didn't make weight. Not right, not fair. He's, he's totally got a valid point, and, and Israel Adesanya says that you need to start finding guys 70 and 80% of their purse for missing weight, not 30. He called, he, he called the fighters. He said a lot of these guys are gangsters. They got a lot of money from the outside, and charging them 30% of their purse is nothing in exchange for a win. Um, Dana White tend to agree with him, but like he said, this is the decision of all of the local commissions. This has nothing to do with the UFC. This is one of those messy things that is involved in the sport is that the sport, though the UFC is the governing body, always at the mercy of local um, commissions, whether it's here in the United States, state commissions or the national commissions in various different countries that the UFC stages events in. Wherever you fight, you fight by their rules. That is how the fight game works. Everything is commissioned by a local athletic commission. And... Um, 
things like missing weight and the penalty for missing weight is up to the commissions. Now, we move on and we get to a lightweight battle between Brad Rydell and Alex Da Silva Coelho. And Brad Rydell with the victory via unanimous decision there. And now we're going to the fights on my fight slip, on my bet slip. Um, so actually, Rydell's fight came after this one I'm going to talk about now. But I had, I had given this one away. Leo and I both on the preview show gave this one away as a layup. And a layup it was on an eight-foot hoop, no less. It's a contest at welterweight, and it is Jake Matthews. And he defeats Diego Sanchez. All three judges score the fight 30-26, to 26, completely one-sided. It was an absolute annihilation of a 39-year-old fighter that has no business in this sport anymore, in my opinion. Again, I've not been in an octagon. I've not had my face pounded on. I've not been put in a rare naked choke. I've not had my arm ripped off by an arm bar, okay, or an ankle lock, you know, taking my foot off of, off of my leg. None of that. But as a fan and as a, a concerned human being, okay, this is about Diego Sanchez, the human being, not the fighter. This man has been hit in the head too many times. His behavior just has – I'm sorry. This is, this is a difficult subject, and this is a controversial thing to talk about. But his behavior has CTE written all over it, okay? And he continues to get in there. Yeah, he wins. Like Dana said, he won three of his last five fights before this one. But he continues to take constant punishment to the brain. He, he's a veteran of now 43, I believe, UFC fights. In all, uh, spanning like 16 years. This is a lot of punishment for one man to take. It's not like he's been untouched. It's not like he's Israel Adesanya who, who can come out of every fight looking clean or almost every fight looking clean, hardly being hit. He has been in a lot of battles, okay? Very, very respectable. Um, Diego Sanchez has had a Hall of Fame career. He's the, the first, and you can only be the first once. There can only be one first, and he's the first UFC um, tough champion, ultimate fighter champion, season one, okay, when he was a young up-and-comer. But um, his decision-making in terms of training, his decision-making in terms of uh, the team he puts around him, the coaching uh, I, he's, his con cognitive ability seems to be compromised. He's not making smart decisions anymore. He's getting in there with guys he has no business with. He's getting called out by Conor McGregor because Conor wants a layup of a win before he retires. He wants to retire the guy. And uh, he knows Diego's crazy enough to, to want to take the fight also. Dana says it's not going to happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, Diego Sanchez needs needs to go off into the sunset and get away from the, from competing in mixed martial arts. He needs to stop getting his head pounded in. He needs to stop taking these beatings. Okay. We just talked about Conor McGregor. There's a guy that has, you know, his head on straight. You get into this game, you make your money, you get out in one piece to your family. This is a dangerous sport. And as fans of this sport, yeah, we all want these guys to stay around and fight forever, of course, because we're fans. This isn't like this isn't like a baseball player sticking around into his 40s, okay? This is a whole different dynamic. Uh, fight careers are short. They should be short for the safety of the fighters, okay? 
um, especially guys that get into these battles, that get into the striking battles. All right, if you're if you're a uh, the guy that takes the fight to the ground all the time, and you're in grappling battles, your body holds up much better, or at least your your brain holds up much better when you're not taking traumatic headshots every single time you get in the octagon. Um, but it's dangerous at this point. Diego has has had a Hall of Fame career, like I said, he has done enough. He's got nothing left to prove, and this is just another case of fighters that just can't walk away. And it, basically taking losses after loss to and and muddying their MMA record and their their legacy to an extent. Okay, wouldn't you? You let's go to boxing for a second, right? You think Floyd Mayweather is going to get into the into the ring and take fights with with young guys that can beat him when he's undefeated and he's got an undefeated career spanning however many years? You think he's going to just take fights? without expecting to win him? Do you think he's going to put himself at risk, put his brand at risk this late? No, of course not. But some of these MMA guys just throw themselves in there. They continue to beat themselves up. And, you know, Diego's probably the most glaring example, but Donald Cerrone's another one, okay? Uh, Father Time is closing that window. And is it really? Is this really where what you want to be doing with your career? Is this what you how you want to finish your career on a three, four, five fight losing streak, losing to anybody and everybody that gets thrown at you, and you start getting fed to younger guys so they can elevate? I think it's smarter to walk away. But again, I'm not a fighter. Okay, I've never been in an octagon. I'll never be in an octagon. Okay, I'm giving you the, my perspective as a fan. And how I view these the these fighters, and how much respect I have for these fighters, whether it's you know whether it's boxing or it's MMA, it can even be pro wrestling. These guys stick around too long, okay, and they they don't they don't go off when they should, and their record looks different, their legacy looks different because of it. I think it's time for Diego Sanchez to to move on and to do other things in life. Just my humble personal opinion. Free to disagree with me, of course, um, as I'm sure Diego would disagree because he wants to fight out the rest of his contract. He's got four fights left on his contract. I think that's insane, personally. But we move into the main card now, okay? The main card, and it is now 6 a.m. local time when the first fight of the main card hits the octagon, and it's our other catch weight. 150 pound fight originally scheduled as a featherweight fight um it is hakeem dawadu taking on zaira tukov tukov and you'll remember in the preview show i had tukov winning this fight okay i i predicted he was gonna win um once again like i did last month i put (laughs) i put my money on a fighter who failed to make weight and that almost never goes well. The statistics show when fighters fail to make weight, they don't tend to win. Um, I know in the previous uh, matchup we talked about, we talked about uh, Levant Klein uh, missing weight and winning in the first round with a knockout, and we we heard the criticism again from Israel Adesanya on this practice. But typically, if you're not making weight, something's wrong in your camp. Okay. And so that means something probably went wrong in your training, in your eating, 
in your preparation. And it, conventional wisdom for a lot of people says that if you fail to make weight, you're probably not ready to fight. And this, you know, this wasn't necessarily the case in this fight. This was a weird one because uh, this was a split decision. So Hakeem Adawadu wins via split decision, 28-29, 30-27, and 29-28 over Zubaira Tukahov. Um, I scored this fight 29-28 for Tukahov. I know some of the other, you know, some of the the pundits I listened to also had that score. Um, I was under the impression Tukahov was ahead two rounds to none in that third round. And unfortunately, Tukahov and his corner also thought they were as he kind of danced around and refused to engage. You saw a very frustrated Hakeem Adawadu call him into, into the ring uh, with an exp- expletive-laced uh, tirade telling him to, to get here and bite as, as he continued to dance around and avoid it because he thought he was winning. And you could, you could hear, um, you could hear that, you know, one of the greats, uh, the, the champ, uh, Khabib Namegamadoff was in Tukahov's corner in this one. And he's telling him he's winning the fight two rounds to nil, two rounds to none. Let's get out of this round and go home with the victory. Um, at least according to the, whoever was translating from Russian to English and, yeah, Tukahov went into that third round fighting like he thought he was ahead two rounds to none. And at the end of the day, he he committed the ultimate cardinal sin of mixed martial arts, as Dana White has always said and told all the fighters, never leave it in the hands of the judges. And Zubaira, Zubaira Tukahov decided he was going to leave it in the hands of the judges, and it ultimately came back to get him as he loses a split decision here too. Hakeem Dawadu and his management, like I said, of round three, I thought was poor. It was a poor plan for round three. Um, he didn't do enough. He was never going to win that round. And he he went on the assumption that he had won the previous two rounds with one of them being really close. Um, meanwhile, in the other corner, in the other corner, Hakeem Dawadu's corner told him he's probably down two to nothing and he needs to win the round um, or if I remember correctly, it was after the first round. He, they told him straight out that he probably lost that round and he needs to go and get round two. And in round three, they said he had to go win the fight. And then when when Zubaira wouldn't wouldn't engage, essentially, you know, the frustration took over. But Hakeem ends up with the victory, and he will take the winner's purse, of course. And I pick up my first loss of the night, one and one at this point, but. The night was not going to be good to me. Um, I'm not going to talk about my bet slip at the end of the night. And um, yeah, it was a, a night where I went two and four. Not what you want. So, But that is that is mixed martial arts. You never know what's going to happen. Um, you don't, you never, anything can change. There's so many things can happen in these fights that change the course of the fight. And you don't know who's going to win. Okay. One little slip, one little mistake can, can result in somebody getting knocked out or getting submitted. And then you had two title fights with where, you know, on one I was very aggressive going for, for the upset, and on the other I took the favorite, and they were, you know, inverse. The, I guessed the wrong upset, and I took the wrong favorite. But next up was women's bantamweight. It is Ketlin Vieira taking on Sijara Eubanks. 
Um, and it would be Ketlin Vieira winning on a unanimous decision. She took this fight to the ground. Eubanks, like we said in the preview, would find herself on her back. Pretty good, pretty good ground defense, but doesn't really get much done offensively in this fight, and she loses a unanimous decision. And that was the end of my uh, my night in the W column for this this card. Move on to a very very good flyweight matchup. Brandon Royval um, with an impressive submission of victory over Kai Kara France. Kai Kara France, of course, is the teammate of Israel Adesanya, the star of this show. And um, they come out flying. I mean, this was one heck of a, of a fight. Uh, right off the bat, um, Kai Kara France lands a hook. And he draw he drops Brandon Royval, but Royval quickly quickly bounces up, counters with the reverse or a, a swinging back fist, nails nails um, Kaikara right in the chin with it, and there was just a back and forth back and forth matchup. These both of these guys landing significant shots. We go to the second round, and um, just as Kaikara France is about to win the round with 48 seconds left, he goes for the double leg takedown. And on the way down, a very, very smart and incredibly instinctually quick decision made by Brandon Royval as he, he gets a hold of Kaikara France's head on the way down. And as he's being taken down to the ground, he manages to apply a guillotine choke. And what ends up happening is when his back hits the ground, his momentum brings Kaya, brings Kara France down with him. And you know, it's funny if 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 Kara France doesn't go for this takedown and doesn't leave his neck exposed like that, he might not lose the fight. He probably has a chance still to win the round and go into a third round to see what he could have done. Instead, he did himself in on this one as his own his body's own momentum essentially took him into the guillotine. And Brandon Royval locks it in, doesn't let go. And Kai Kara France is forced to tap Brandon Royval, your winner, with 48 seconds remaining in round two. And like, we, um, like we'll say later, this was the actual fight of the night. This was a fantastic fight. If you didn't enjoy this fight, you don't enjoy this sport. And if you're watching this and you didn't enjoy this fight and you don't enjoy this sport, I'm not really sure why you're watching this. But that was how that one went. It was a very, very exciting fight and um, really getting everybody hyped up, getting everybody ready to watch the, the, the double main event or the co-main event, the first of two title fights on the card. And let's go now to that title fight. All right, it's the first of two title fights, and it is for the vacant light heavyweight championship. It is... Poland's Jan Blakowicz taking on the United States' Dominic Reyes. Blakowicz, Blakowicz, excuse me, comes to the octagon with the Polish flag, and uh, he's soon to become a father. He's very excited. He wants this title victory, and he wants, you know, obviously the income that comes with it to help provide for his family. Dominic Reyes comes out next. He's in the red corner. He's got the Mexican and the United States flag draped around him um, and, and hanging over the octagon um, with his cornerman, holding on to it, obviously, for the, the pre-fight announcements. Bruce Buffer comes in, does his spiel, and, and the fight starts, and the Polish powerhouse, as they call them, 
landing significant shots early. Dominic Reyes unable really to get himself going, unable to get in a rhythm. Something didn't look right about this this fight for him. Uh, this was not the same guy we saw against John Jones, not at all. And in round two at 4.36 to go in round two, the fight is stopped as uh, Jan Blachowicz wins via TKO and becomes the first Polish male UFC champion in history as the referee puts a stop to the fight. And in his post-fight interview, this was funny, Jan gives a very polite call-out to the former champion, John Jones, who left the division, and he wants to fight John Jones. As uh, John Jones was watching the fight and tweeting, and, it, you know, it's funny because because, you know, they show the tweets all night when you're watching the UFC on pay-per-view. And um, Jones was actually, you know, giving him some compliments in this fight, talking about how he was he was winning the fight and whatnot. Then Blakowicz goes and politely calls him out, saying he wants a fight with John. Who wouldn't? If, you, if you're in this fight game, you want the big money fights. Of course, you want the big payday. And none can be bigger than John Jones, the biggest name in the sport, at least left in the sport. Although there'd be a huge name by the end of this card. I think a star was born on this night. But um, a very deserved victory for Jan. And he he is the new light heavyweight champion. Congratulations to Jan Blakovich. And that takes us to our main event. Okay. As you know, as I should have said in the previous two fights, I had the wrong fighter also. I had Kai Kara France to win um, by by. KO and I had Dominic Dominic um, Reyes to win on the money line. Neither of those obviously happened. I am two and three going into this final fight, and I needed this one to make five hundred to to break even at five hundred. And well, this fight was was a train wreck. Honestly, uh, it was a picture perfect tutorial from. Israel Adesanya. It is the UFC middleweight championship fight. The champion, Israel Adesanya, defending against the challenger, Paulo Bojashinia Costa. And two undefeated fights. First time in a long time you have two undefeated male fighters fighting for a title. You have Adesanya coming in at 19-0, Costa coming in at 13-0. and um, Costa looked I, I said on the preview I watched both of these guys in the way they took on Yoel Romero and Costa had a much much better fight against Yoel Romero than did Adesanya Adesanya became kind of a heel after that fight um, his defensive tactics um, like we said Yoel Romero didn't really engage didn't come forward didn't leave himself open very much to the counter Adesanya hung on to win by a decision but but he ate some really, really significant shots from, from uh, Romero every time he tried. He grew impatient and tried to go forward and tried to attack. Romero would would level him on the counter. Um, I had said that I thought probably Paulo Costa was going to change up his style a little bit. Never in a million years that I think he was going to completely abandon his style. Uh, he he became three and zero by pressing forward by fighting hard. Okay, and, and it starts with the, the weigh-ins on Friday, all right? 
And what was in a, a, what Dana White said was a record on social media for the number of views for this weigh-in. This was a big-time fight. It got a big-time feel. Um, a pay-per-view record in New Zealand. The UFC has announced that this card was a pay-per-view record in New Zealand. They haven't announced the official numbers anywhere else, but we know that in New Zealand they got an all-time pay-per-view record. And, of course, that's where, that's where Israel Adesanya fights out of, out of Wellington, New Zealand. Um, originally from Nigeria, of course. And the two fighters are after, after the weigh-in are in the stare-down. And, um, <laughs> and what was funny, they ended up having to be pulled apart because Paulo Costa pulls a white belt out of his pocket, a white belt, a jiu-jitsu white belt, a Brazilian jiu-jitsu white belt, and throws it at Israel Adesanya. He's, of course, calling out Israel's jiu-jitsu game his ground game his 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 grappling skills as he gives him a white belt and and paulo's wearing his brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt he's wearing it um at the end of the fight israel would would tell would say you want to see my black belt and he proceeded to say he would wrap something else around his waist and call it his black belt and uh yeah there was a profanity laced tirade from from israel adesanya at the end of this fight but what I don't understand is here you're calling out Israel Adesanya for his lack of grappling, okay, his lack of jiu-jitsu. And you're probably right. But then you get in the octagon and you don't use what, – what good is having a black belt if you're not going to use it? Not one takedown, very few shoots, very few takedown attempts. They're all defended by Israel Adesanya, who immac- immaculately – kept a perfect distance using his 20 centimeter uh, reach advantage and using his far superior uh, kicking game to keep a safe distance. Remember, he's 29-3 and three lifetime as a kickboxer. He's a world-class kickboxer. He doesn't need to even be in an octagon worry, you know, being worried about a takedown. He could be in the kickboxing ring and be one of the greats. And he uses his kickboxing to keep the distance. And those... Massive leg kicks, and we have seen time after time these guys when they start delivering these leg, leg kicks to the lead leg, they literally can kick a guy's leg off. What does Paulo Costa do? What does Bohashinia do to get ready for those leg kicks? He extends his leg, leaves it there, and then pretends it doesn't hurt him. He just pretends it doesn't hurt him. And he, he's even taunting him. This is a guy who has always fought in a certain way. Bohashinia has always fought with, with a quote-unquote honor. He has never gotten into the mind games of, of trying to taunt and trying to, trying to bait his, his opponent. He's always come out and fought. In this fight, he got completely away from that. In this fight, he, does, he starts putting his arms behind his back. He starts smiling, showing his teeth, giving his chin. He's egging on Adesanya to, to go to his offense. Because why? Very simple. He knows Adesanya is the best defensive fighter in, in the game. He is essentially the Floyd Mayweather of MMA. If you've watched Floyd fight in boxing, a lot of people don't like it. They say it's boring. But it's, it's hella effective. What's he, 51-0 lifetime Floyd Mayweather in a boxing ring? Um, Israel Adesanya has a very similar style for MMA. He waits till you come forward. He uses... He uses so much movement, and he's got his hands moving all the time. Tons of feints and fakes, and he's using his left, hand, his right hand to control 
um, Paulo Costa's left hand, the whole fight, he controlled it. He was never open to a knockout punch. He was never in any danger. And every time that, that Costa would get too close inside, he'd eat a, he'd eat a jab, he'd eat a, uh, a kick. He, he hit him once in the ribs brilliantly. And he would, when all else failed, he would, he would, he would deliver these devastating leg kicks to, to Bohashinya's lead leg. And Bohashin just, just just leaves it out there. He doesn't change up his stance at all. He doesn't he doesn't try anything different. And um, they go to round one, a clear round for for Zialadasanya. As you know, his Costa's corner is telling him he needs to do more. He needs to get busy. He needs to get inside. He needs to start to to look for something. But he doesn't really manage to get inside. And, and a lot of credit has to go to Adesanya. You can call it boring if you want. Some people thought this was a fantastic fight. Some people thought it sucked. Okay? You can call it boring if you want. But it's incredibly effective. He makes you come forward. And when you do, he picks you apart. He's the best counterpuncher in the whole game of MMA. Counterpuncher, counterkicker. Doesn't matter. Okay, and now he's already kicked your leg off. You're already limping in round two. And Bohashinya is trying to play it off like he's not limping, like he's not hurt. And at one point here, you know, he goes for a massive head kick. He misses the first time, but he lands one. He gets, he gets his shin right on the eye of, of Bohashinya. Bohashinya is rocked at this point. He is absolutely rocked. He's cut wide open. And I think he knows he's in trouble now. And... Listen, anyone who's ever been hit in the face like that, it's not going to go, you know, most people are not going to go running towards another one of those. I think what happened was, Bohashinya well, got to this point in the fight when he realized he hadn't been able to successfully bait Adesanya. He hadn't been able to force any mistakes, to force an opening for himself. He hadn't been able to take the fight to the ground where maybe he could have used some ground and pound, where he could have used some of that jujitsu. And now he's eating shots, and I'm sure he was getting scared. And therefore, even though it was time he had to go for it because he was losing this fight and uh, his corner was telling him to go for it and to, to go start looking for strikes, you were going to have to start trading strikes. You were going to have to eat some. He couldn't do it. Um, he, ends up, he ends up just taking shot after shot. And eventually he's dropped. Adesanya pounces on him. He continues to, to pound him until, until Bohashinya no longer defends himself. Referee steps in. Calls a stop to the fight and um, in round two. as Then you get a pretty obscene gesture by Adesanya at the end of the fight as he's on, he is on, uh, on Bohashinya's back uh, after the referee calls a stop to the fight. And then he celebrates and finds the camera and out comes the profanity-laced tirade and the post-fight promo. And Israel Adesanya... Still your UFC middleweight champion, 20-0, as Paulo Bohashinya Costa loses his first fight of his professional career. And I don't know why I listened to, to Walid Ishmael. <laughs> I don't know why. He was on Ariel Helwani's show last, last week, and he convinced me with the passion he spoke with. He convinced me that Paulo Costa was going to win this fight, that he had what it took to beat Israel Adesanya. I was not overly impressed with Adesanya against Romero. I liked Romero much more in that fight. In fact, in the beginning of the fight, uh, in the beginning of the fight, 
they were squaring up and Adesanya actually called called uh Costa Romero because he didn't he didn't come forward and they started with the the jab the 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 jib jab they started with the trash talking that's not the style of Bohashinya that's not his kind of fight he was so in out of his element i don't know why he ch- it's one thing like i said to change up a tactic it's another thing to completely change who you are as a fighter and we didn't see anything from Bohashinya this is an undefeated fighter who has who has won 13 straight professional fights coming into this match and we didn't see anything of what he had okay he didn't show us anything he kept everything in and he played the he tried to play these mind games and he ended up paying the price for it because he looked he looked ridiculous in this fight and i'd be asking questions of my corner after this one um i'd be thinking about about a a better team a better coaching staff better teammates better training partners because he clearly was not ready to 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 take on a guy at the at the level of Israel Adesanya, but on the other side, a star was absolutely born. And um, whether you love him or hate him, Israel Adesanya makes you feel something about him. Like all the greats, like Conor McGregor, like John Jones, like Chael Sonnen back in the day. Okay, he makes you feel something. And if you want to compare it to boxing, we talk about Floyd Mayweather. Makes you either love him or hate him. You are not lukewarm on him. There is nobody that is lukewarm on Israel Adesanya if they follow this sport, okay? And he gets a well-deserved victory. He was by far the better fighter, obviously. This is a one-sided fight. And, um, yeah, I think a star was born here. And I think we're going to look at the payouts in a second. But... um, I think he can headline a, a fight card now with anybody at this point. He is a uh, he is a legit champion, twenty and zero, like I said. And I'm interested to see the different tactics that fighters are going to take going forward. Who is going to crack the code that's going to get them at Israel at Adesanya and be able to take him down or be able to land some shots and give themselves a chance to beat him? This isn't boxing. You don't go undefeated for the career. Very very unlikely incredibly unlikely that he's going to go undefeated for his career. Um, It's again, not boxing, but how is someone going to beat him? It'll be interesting to see. Um, And he gets better with every fight. Obviously he has improved tenfold in his four UFC fights. And um, it's going to be interesting to watch, but I think, uh, I think we have a star on our hands. And I think the next time he headlines a card, you're going to see a huge pay-per-view number. All right, let's take a look here. I'm going to bring up the payouts. For this fight card, and so we have it here. As you can see, Israel Adesanya is at the top, and this is this is courtesy of Sportex. And I accidentally clicked on something. Let's go back. Okay. So we're looking at the payouts for this fight. As you see, Israel Adesanya at the top of the payout list with a guaranteed six hundred thousand. Um, no bo- no winning bonus um, claimed, but a forty thousand dollar promotional bonus and a fifty thousand dollar performance bonus. That's because he won performance of the night along with with Jan Ablakovich. They both were awarded the the. Performance of the night 
together and each of them winning a $50,000 bonus. So you see the total earnings for Adesanya, $690,000 there. Um, Paulo Costa, he was paid $400,000 guaranteed for this fight. He got a $30,000 promotional bonus. He lost but, but brought in $430,000. Not at all a bad day at the office. Uh, Dominic Reyes on a loss, thirty. Three hundred and fifty thousand, excuse me, uh, guaranteed money. He got a twenty thousand dollar promotional bonus and three hundred and seventy thousand dollars for uh, this fight. His opponent, Bla uh, Jan Blakovich, one hundred and ten thousand dollars guaranteed, um, one hundred and ten thousand uh, dollar fight winning bonus as well, and a ten thousand dollar promotional bonus to go with his fifty thousand dollar performance of the night bonus all equaling a grand total of $280,000 for Jan Blakovich. Just what he needed for that family that he is starting. Now, those are the headliners. If you go further into the mid-card, Kaikara France, not a bad night for himself. Overall, winning $95,000. Brandon Royval, $73,500, thanks to that fight of the night performance. Both of those guys getting a huge, huge chunk of change, $50,000 bonus for each of them. And now you start to see the disparity in the payout and the, 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 how different the earnings are for fighters of different levels, depending where they appear on the card. As uh, Ketlin Vieira gets $40,000 guaranteed, $5,000 for a promotional bonus, and also a $40,000 winning bonus. So she makes $85,000. Still not shabby at all. I would love that uh, right now. And um, Sajara Eubanks wins $40,000 because she did not win the fight. She brings home virtually half as much money. Hakeem Dawadu, $22,000 guaranteed. $22,000 for winning. And $5,000 for the promotional side as he brings in $49,000. And Zabira uh, Tukugov with the $20,000 guaranteed and a $5,000 fight bonus, $25,000 for him. Although he missed weight, I don't know if this list has subtracted his fine, his 30% for missing weight. Brad Rydell brings home $23,500. Alex Da Silva, $13,500. Diego Sanchez brings in $120,000 on the undercard on the prelims. And Jake Matthews, his opponent, $75,000. Shane Young, $22,000. Uh, Lud Ludovic Klein, $23,500. William Knight wins $23,500. Uh, Alexa Kammer, only $13,500 for this fight. Remember that they have to pay everybody that helped them in their camp. And, um, you know, it sounds like a lot of money. It's really not because it's six to eight weeks at least worth of work for that kind of money. As we keep moving down the card and you see the guys that are in the prelim fight, Juan Espino wins 40000 while uh while Jeff Hughes wins 17500 18000 for Cadiz, Ibra Gimov, and Danilu. March with twenty three thousand five hundred. Um, we will know the pay per view numbers later, as that is the numbers. That's how they played out. And like we said, performance of the night went to Jan Blakovich and Israel Adesanya fifty thousand dollars each, while the 
the fight of the night went to Kai to Kai uh, Kara France and Brandon Roy Val. And that pretty much wraps up UFC 253. I hope you enjoyed this review here on the PTB Media Network. I'll be back in a week's time with some more UFC action because next week, friend of the network, local fighter here in, in Massachusetts, and um, a fighter who's going to bring this flag right here into the octagon next week in Fight Island. That's right. Jorgen DeCastro is on a UFC fight night on ESPN next week. Saturday from Abu Dhabi. I'll have a review show after uh, probably around this time next week reviewing that UFC fight night card. I don't usually review the fight night cards, but with a fight, a fighter of local interest to me. And since I am going to be watching it closely, I figure why not do another show? Thank you again for watching. Like I said, if you haven't yet, please go below and subscribe. Hit the, hit the, the little bell so that you get more notifications. If you like the show, leave a comment. Go for it. Um, we love to get feedback from fans. And stay tuned and look out for more content coming your way from the PTB Media Network. And for the PTB Media Network, I am the Mr. Mike Agostino signing out. This has been the UFC 253 Review Show. This episode of Mr. Benfica on the PTB Media Network is brought to you by Better Than Dot Vegas. That's right, Better Than Dot Vegas. It's better than Vegas. Get better.